we need some really drastic action here. Um, we need a moratorium, perhaps, on gun sales. Um, we need to, who will say on this network or any other network in the next few days, it's time to repeal the Second Amendment? Hmm. Oh, you can't say that. Well, why not? Why not? Well, how about uh, because it's a stupid idea and, well... Who knows whatever else the guys come up with. The guys, well, we're talking about Garson. He is in from Graffs. Good morning, Garson. How are you? Good morning. I am well. You don't sound as excited as you normally do. Sorry? Yes, you are. But you don't sound as excited as you usually do. Dale Roberts, MoGunLaw.com. I'm happy to be here. And I think that was bubbly, considering it was Garson. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was a little down after hearing what that dude just, that treasonous statement that man just made. That porcine pile of poo is one Michael Moore who made oh. those suggestions. Now, oh, uh, I thought I had stepped in something. That's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. Now we are not alone. Well, actually we are because, uh, well, Chuck Basie is with us. Um, and he is uh, in the corner uh, counting candles. What's going on with all those candles? Jeez, you're going to set off the smoke detector. I'm just a little bit older today, but I'm doing very, very well. You don't look a day under 70. I'm, I'm, really, I'm impressed. <laughs> how, uh, how old are you, Chuck? 64. 64. It's a hard life, I guess. Yeah, my dad, uh, my dad turned 95 yesterday. God bless him. I met your dad at dinner a couple of weeks ago, and boy, what a, what a, just a great guy. He should have eliminated you early, but anyway. <laughs> uh, and, and now, are you? You're still a member of the state. You're still a state rep, right? I yes, mean, it's, yes, I am until until uh, the end of the year, unless I I get uh, another job offer or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as soon as that's done, you're out of here. Where, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You are not. Uh, all right, so uh, repeal the Second Amendment. Uh, that is the uh, desperate call from Michael Moore. Um, who wants to, let me, let me, I'll go to Dale on this one. What's the value of the second amendment? I mean, why shouldn't we get rid of it? I don't know where to begin on that. I mean, it, it ensures all the others. And it, if you, you know, one of the earliest, strongest pro, you know, gun rights groups I ever encountered was a group called Jews for the preservation of firearm ownership. And, and, and you know, they get it because they've experienced having their guns taken away and what happened when their guns were gone, when they were unable to defend themselves. So, at the, at the very least, that's it. Yeah. It's not really about hunting, is it? Uh, yeah, it never was. And it's not really even about defending yourself from the bad guy who's approaching you in a dark alley. Right. It's about it's, be, being able to address a tyrannical government. You know, and, and, and I know this is going to sound a little bit more like my weekday show, but when you look at how we take people's income, we force them into Social Security and Medicare, we redistribute wealth, uh, we give our money to other, your money to other countries without your permission, we tell you what kind of medicine you can take, we tell you what you can consume uh, whether it's uh, lighting it up and smoking it or consuming it otherwise. Uh, we we know everything about you, what you give to charity, what you earn, all of this stuff. And this is with the right to bear arms. 
I mean, can you imagine what they would do to us if we didn't have that right? Uh, I don't know. It kind of uh, it kind of scares me, Garson. Oh, indeed. I mean, you look at the countries where they still do this um, or have done this. I mean, North Korea, for example, drug use is rampant there, um, and the government wants it that way. So nobody nobody's looking at larger social issues. They're just happy on their drugs and being controlled. Happy on their drugs. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm thinking in terms of Australia, where they were locking people down. Oh, yeah, uh, that's, that's the transition period. But, I mean, North Korea is like what happens after the fact. Um, and that's the scariest thing, you know. We're going to turn, you know, the most powerful country in the world into a, a poor duplicate of North Korea. Yeah, let me uh, let me go to Chuck here for a minute, uh, the birthday boy. And uh, my question for you, Chuck, is what got through the legislature that was pro-gun, uh, or what got through that wasn't uh, in that in this last session? Well, we didn't get anything done related to um, firearms this year, good or bad. So it uh, it was very disappointing. We had a couple of probabilities of getting a, a very good bill done that has some good amendments but uh, it uh, died in the Senate again this year so very unfortunate but it was a, a bill to allow uh, concealed carry permit holders to carry on public transportation with the exception of Amtrak that was the only thing that was carved out but um, good amendments on that bill I had an amendment to trying to fix a little glitch in the concealed carry law um, but, again, it all fell apart in the Senate at the end. Who is running that Senate, and why is it not getting these things done? It seemed like the House got a lot of stuff done, but the, everything died in the Senate. Yeah. Am I right on that, or am I? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Th this bill, it got, uh, the, the Senate has different different rules on how they operate and you know, when things get put on the calendar and when they get brought up on the floor over there. But uh, this particular bill was hung up in a committee. And by the time it was released out of that particular fiscal oversight committee, uh, it was too late, and uh, they just it just didn't they weren't able to get to it. So it wasn't Caleb Brown's fault, like a lot of people uh, believe. Not in this case. Uh, I'll defend Caleb on that, but it was a function of where it was on the calendar and when it landed on the calendar, and uh, it, they just didn't have time with the other things going on. There is a, uh, a CNN program, CNN Tonight, and on the program was Anna Navarro, um, alleged Republican, and Jonah Goldberg and others, and they were talking about uh, school shootings. And what uh, Goldberg was trying to say is, don't terrify parents about sending their kids to school. Keep it in perspective, because apparently... Uh, the uh, the numbers of kids who die in, uh, for instance, in automobile accidents far surpasses anything that's happened in schools. And boy, were they upset with that assertion. But when you look at the numbers, you know, it, it and don't, and I'm sure every one of us would argue that any uh, death of a child uh, at the hands of a gunman in school or anywhere else is a horrible event. But we're paralyzing parents with fear, and it really is unwarranted. Would you Would you guys agree with that? I agree with it. Yeah, I, I think they're uh, 
as much you know, you, you said it very well, Gary. It's uh, there's other incidents where children are harmed, uh, much more uh, you know widespread, like in automobile accidents, for example. And uh, but they focus on these things and look at all the shootings up in, in for example, Chicago. Uh, and it just you just never hear about that. But there's daily shootings, multiple shootings um, in in that area and, and many other big cities. And oftentimes, children are the victims, innocent victims. And you never hear anybody say anything about it, especially the uh, gun grabbers, the do-gooders. We've got 54 million kids in K-12 through here in America. 54 million. And over the course of the last 29 years, 170 kids have been killed. And that's a horrible number. I don't doubt that. But when you get right down to it, a lot more kids have died in automobile accidents. Uh, there are all kind and it, it, and again, nobody wants this to happen. We want to find ways to stop it. And in fact, I, I chatted with a gentleman, uh, on the weekday show. I should have brought the audio over to, over to this program. Uh, but I, I, I just thought of this now. He is a, a former, uh, deputy sheriff. Uh, I think he spent, uh, 30 years on the street. He's got a PhD and an MA in, uh, uh, dealing with criminals and he lectures uh, teaches on a college campus and he said it's time for us and this is what he does for a living it's time for us to start looking at how schools are built because there are things that that in the, that we can be doing when we build schools that would make them hard targets uh, not suggesting we have to leave kids in a, in a prison-like atmosphere but you can build the doors and the windows and the walls and the classrooms in such a way that it protects the kids. Yeah, we'll, I saw we'll some kind examples of, of that from Israel. Huh? So Israel builds their schools to resist rocket attacks and yeah. and um, weapons fire. And they don't look like crazy prisons. I mean, we harden courthouses and federal buildings, and they're not prisons, and they're not um, not conducive of a learning environment. So that that should be that should be the first thing we should be doing, and that should have started, you know, twenty years ago. Yeah, absolutely right. All right, we are uh, up against the clock. When we come back, I'll give you a little bit more information on that gentleman. Uh, we will uh, cover a, a proposal to ban AR-15s on Gary on Guns. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Uh, it is Gary on Guns. Garson is in from Graffs in Mexico, Missouri. Uh, they are the uh, reloading authority. Boy, I'll tell you what, if you're looking for reloading equipment uh, or supplies, that is the place to go. Uh, then we have uh, Dale Roberts, MoGunLaws.com. Is it laws or law? Law. Law. MoGunLaw.com. See, people might get that, you know, make a mistake there. Uh, and then, uh, but not me. Chuck Pacey is with <laughs> us, uh, state representative uh, and Second Amendment supporter. Uh, there are some polling data on banning the AR-15. Uh, the Armalite rifle will chat about that. In the meantime, Ken has a question about kids. Uh, Ken, welcome. Glad to have you on uh, Gary on Guns. Thanks, Gary. Appreciate it. Hey, I just got a question. I heard you talking about some numbers a while ago on the number of children or school-age children that die every year. I know, I, it's not exactly what I said. I did say that more kids die in car accidents, but I didn't give any exact okay. numbers. Okay, I thought you had a number out. But anyway, what well, about, like, swimming pools? Nobody's saying anything. I mean, how far are we going to go with this? I mean, there's how many hundreds of kids die every year from drownings? Are we going to ban swimming pools? Yeah, well, for the for the record, just so you know, 
The Centers for Disease Control uh, say the numbers for 2020 show that unintentional car deaths among children were 27 times higher than unintentional gun deaths among the same yeah. age group. Yeah, it's, I mean, we just need to get common sense back into things. It's, we're losing it as a country. And Gary, I appreciate your show. Appreciate listening to you. Thank you. Thanks, Ken. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Um, there is a, a poll, and frankly, I'm always a little suspicious of these polls, but uh, poll findings revealed Friday by the, are you ready for this, guys? Northwest Progressive Institute show that a majority of Washington state voters would support a ban on military-style assault weapons like NAR-15. The results were released Friday. 56% of 1,039 voters who were surveyed last week by public policy polling said they supported such a ban. 38% opposed. Are we in trouble here because of the uh, ignorance of the American public? Do you think something is going to happen? Uh, and I'll start with Chuck. Well, I'm certainly worried about uh, what's going on on the federal level, but uh, l luckily, I think that uh, nothing's going to get through the Senate. Uh, you know, the, the House has passed at least one uh, bill here recently, that uh, Extreme Risk Protection Order Act, um, and that. But I, I just don't think it's going to get through the Senate, uh, fortunately. So, uh, but it it makes you worry that uh, they're going to do something uh, rash and. Uh, uh, again, it's it's only going to crack down on people that already follow the law. It's the, crim the criminals aren't going to pay attention to this stuff. They never do. Garson, is there an increased demand for AR-15s at graphs? That in magazines. Really? Yep. See, that's what I thought might happen. I'm. I, I was. It only makes sense when you start talking about banning a particular firearm that suddenly the increase uh, in demand would show up. Uh, if I think they're going to ban them, I want to get mine now. Um, and I may lose it between now and the time the ban hits. I may have that tragic boating accident. But uh, I'll at least have given it a try to, to have one. Uh, let's see. Mike on the line here. Mike, welcome to Gary on Guns. What can I do for you? Good morning, guys. How you doing? Doing well. Welcome to the 64 Club, uh, Mr. Birthday Boy. Hey, I, I just want to say for you guys, uh, you know, I listen to some of these people out here that they don't know the difference between a muzzle and a trigger pin. Between hearing Biden talk about how 9mm rounds blow <laughs> your lung out of your body, and I heard some lady the other day talk about the exploding rounds that come out of an AR-15. I mean, these people talk about things they don't know yeah, about. Yeah, sell me you know, that stuff. I want to buy that stuff. <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, and, and I'm an old guy, and I, I always learned, you know, you, you don't talk about things you don't know about. You learn about them first, and, and then you talk, and that's all I got. I'm enjoying your show, and thanks a lot for it. All right, Mike, thank you. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Uh, Carson, speaking of, of um, finding uh, uh, some very difficult-to-find uh, defensive weapons, uh, I'm looking for a particular magazine I heard about. You've got uh, to make sure that this becomes a voting issue. It's got to be one of those issues where you decide your position on the issue of senator or candidate for House or Senate on what we're going to do on us with assault weapons and how, have to have, maybe they'll have 300 rounds in a magazine. <laughs> where I, where uh, do I buy that at? I want to well, buy one of those. I, well, you're the expert. I, you know, I get tired of reloading. I, I've uh, heard of no such thing. No? No, never. 
Boy, and, never, and, never, and I thought you were one of the best firearms dealers in the country, never, and now you're telling me you don't have a 300-round magazine. Like, maybe for, like, an F-16, those, uh, <laughs> those, large, under, those large underwing drums with the radial, right. yeah. radial magazines for, for aircrafts. Do you know how heavy, how heavy a 300-round magazine would be for an well, AR? Well, it depends on what caliber it is. Well, actually, AR, you, could put, you put wheels on the bottom of the magazine. So, <laughs> so even, the two, even the 249 saw... The largest belt you get is a 200-round box, and and they normally use the 100-round belts and not the 200-round belts. So you're saying I'm not going to have a 300-round magazine? I mean, we can probably, you know... I mean, I thought Drafts was a superstore. <laughs> I mean, you, come on. Yeah, that's what I said. I, I thought they had everything. Now i gotta, I got to find somebody I, I else. I will hot melt glue uh, a bunch of magazines together for you. <laughs> Make me a 300-round magazine. <laughs> but, you know, Gary, the thing that scares me about this is, the, is, to some extent, I have to say, you know, the liberals are doing a better job of being in the media and getting their narrative out there. Uh, as inaccurate as it may be, they're constantly in the news, constantly well, that, feeding but there's the news. because they're all working together. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason for that. Well, they're not... MSNBC is not going to invite me on their program to defend the Second Amendment. No, MSDNC, get that right. And and the only the only voice I've heard in the media, oddly enough, I think it was CBS, briefly picked up on some comments made by Dr. John Lott. But other than that, you know, I'm not sure our side is doing a very good job. And as you say, admittedly, it's hard to do since they won't talk to us. I mean, I talked to 60 Minutes for an hour. When they did the show on the Second Amendment Preservation Act, they didn't carry anything I said. They barely carried anything that the two bill sponsors said. So it's hard to get it out there. But they're certainly doing a good job of getting misinformation in front of the public every day. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've experienced this. I know what you're talking about. I've done interviews. The worst, uh, actually, is to do an interview with a newspaper reporter. They can interview you for a half an hour and give you and just take one small piece of one sentence uh and 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 they'll print that and you think well, what the hell happened to all the other information or, I gave or, them? or two small pieces from two sentences that don't go together that's that always, get mashed together yeah that's yeah it was nice so it's really uh it's challenging uh, to get the word out for the other side to educate people uh but we didn't it's we we got thrown off track we got to come back and chat about the AR-15 because that is what they want to ban. You're listening to Gary on Guns. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. It is Gary on Guns. Uh, Missouri State Representative Chuck Basie is on board with us. He is a, a Second Amendment supporter, good friend of the show, and a, and a regular on the program. Uh, we're joined uh, also by uh, Garson from Graffs in Mexico, Missouri. Uh, they say they are the reloading authority, but there's so much more than that at Graffs. Uh, firearms that uh, range from uh, the smallest pistols to rifles, shotguns. Uh, they've got ammo. They've got targets. They've got everything. Uh, and uh, there are shooters that are behind the counter, so they can give you some great advice. And then, uh, uh, if that's not enough, Dale Roberts with us. He is an attorney, uh, mogunlaws.com. And uh, we're talking about the AR-15. There was a, a poll that was done uh, with uh, by the Northwest Progressive Institute. So you can only imagine a group calling themselves progressives, and they're from, uh, you know, the Northwest, Washington State, and Oregon. Uh, you can only imagine how that uh, must have been worded. What could go wrong? 
yeah, what could, what could possibly go wrong? But the, the point is that I think a lot of Americans are probably deathly afraid of what will happen to society if we don't ban AR-15s. And I'm concerned that somewhere down the road somebody finds a way to do this. The left keep telling us that it's a weapon of war. And we sort of deny it, but the truth is, it, it kind of is a weapon of war, is it not, Garson? Well, define weapon of war. I mean, well, it, do we not give the mil does the military not have a a, a version of this I mean, that will allow his, uh, historically a spear and a and a bow and arrow is a weapon of war? And one of the pistols Garson brought today well, is two of the pistols I bought. Our military our issue. Standard issue military. So if they want to get rid of weapons of war, we need to get rid of these little 9mm pistols. But, I mean... Well, yeah, the 9mm, let's face it, I mean, it'll take out a lung. It'll blow your lung. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> I mean... But you know, is, it, is it just because it looks ugly? A, a weapon it, of war is a weapon, period. And if, if I'm in war and I don't have a gun, I want to make something else my weapon. I'm... I will fight dirty, and I will fight as unfairly as possible. Yes. <laughs> you know, so I, few people are willing to say that, and you're exactly right. If it's a war, if my life is at stake, I'll do whatever I have to to win. I don't mind cheating when it comes to saving my life. Yeah, there's, there's no if, such if you thing find yourself in a, If you find yourself in a fair fight, your tactics suck. <laughs> That's what they say. Yeah. And, and Gary, you know, the, I, I agree. It's a frightening thought that they might ban that. The interest, and it's again one of the hundreds of things people don't understand. A good friend of mine several months ago bought a Ruger Ranch rifle. It's a you know two twenty three or five five six rifle. You can put magazines in it of virtually any size. It is an AR, but it has wood furniture instead of black plastic. I mean, it's a, it's a wooden-looking rifle. Is that the one, that 300-round magazine? <laughs> With exploding bullets, yeah. yeah. And so it's, the, it's just like the same thing as, a, a, you, you know, a, a, name a brand AR, but, it's, but it has wood on it instead of black plastic. And so that's okay. Well, look at the branding BAR. Those are chambered in long-action cartridges, and they generate a ton more energy than any military-caliber small arm in existence, period. So, I mean, if, if somebody's really intent on doing harm to somebody, especially, you know, those with, you know, proper equipment to fight a fight, those bigger guns are going to be a lot more devastating than a tiny little twenty-two AR-15. Sure. I got it. I'm, I'm going to tell you quite honestly. Or every time you... I see one of these uh, uh, events where some somebody goes out and starts shooting uh, in a school or a building, a, a workplace, whatever it is, two things. First thought that always crosses my mind is, please don't use an AR-15. I mean, bad enough you're doing what you're doing, but for God's sakes, please, not another AR-15. So the first thing that comes to my mind is, I'm so sad that somebody, a good guy with a gun, wasn't there to stop him. That's my first thought. Yeah, my first if, thought if is... If only a, uh, a good citizen was there with a firearm of their own to stop this fool. I, I understand that. But from the perspective of the news, I think they're going to make hay with this. 
We're going to have to go through this again. We go through this every couple of months. Please don't have used an, an AR uh, because that is the it's the boogeyman uh, for the left. And you know, then then there's the event, Joe. huh? I thought that was Joe. No, no, no. He's, he's, he is it, be, isn't though. he the boogeyman for the left? Uh, no, he's he's barely there. They don't. He when I'm even, hiding under my covers at night, that's who I'm afraid of. Yeah, uh, I don't doubt that. But the the point is that it it uh, is really the one of the first things I think of that you know they're going to come out. We're going to have to put up with this stupid nonsense about uh, this ugly black rifle and and I wish it would stop. And then of course I just wish they would stop. What is going on with these idiots? Uh, I think it's I, I think there is a a real problem sociologically in this country uh we're well, unlike our, other our countries, countries lost its moral rudder yeah yeah and i think it's, there's a reason for that and i've explained it before i think it's because we're too uh, accepting of things no i think it's the welfare state where we drive fathers out of the house well, i cannot begin to impress on people how important fathers are to disciplining and raising and teaching their children to respect law enforcement uh, someone who can, you know, tell the boy, hey, knock it off. That's not the way you treat a woman. That's not what you do when you're in public. Uh, I mean, those are the things that my father always did. And if you're in a fatherless household, and, and they did studies on this. I don't Did you guys hear the study about the elephants? They took all the bull elephants away to, uh, for, uh, and I can't remember the, uh, the exact reasoning behind it. But uh, the, all the adult male elephants were taken away from this herd. And the young male elephants started acting up. So they brought the bull elephants, the adult ones, back. And it, it put everything, you know, it calmed everything down. We're taking fathers out of the house. And that's a huge part of this, of this problem. Somebody that can tell these kids, that's not right. Knock it off. Um, anyway, that's that's my take on this. I guess I've I think I've gone a little too far. Uh, just uh, edged everybody out. Um, so this this constant push to ban the AR-15. As long as the Republicans in the Senate stand their ground, we have a chance of of not suffering that fate. Um, so I'm reasonably optimistic about that. Uh, there are a couple of stories that I have here of uh, home invaders uh, that that didn't succeed because somebody owned a gun. Uh, we've got a, a, a hold on a second, Brian, because I got a couple more things I want to get to here. Um, there are some things that will I think protect us that are going on in the Senate. We'll get to that, but I want to talk about the forty four seventy three, the Nix check. There's a great piece about this uh, uh, at Bearing Arms because. People are not, they're lying on this, on the 4473. We're not just talking about they're making a mistake and, and uh, uh, somebody's name is the same as your name and you get told you can't have a firearm. We're talking about criminals lying on the 4473. And about half of the time, nothing happens. Uh, and, and if, frankly, um, they were actually going to prosecute people. Hunter Biden would be in great, it, he'd be in trouble right now. 
Uh, he lied on his uh, Nick's check on the 4473. If the government's not going to enforce the laws we have... Did he lie or was he just so high he didn't know what he was doing? Does it matter? Well, I don't know. You know how's he going to prove otherwise? He's The guy is a, a drug addict. He was a drug addict before. He was a drug addict after. He went in, filled out the 4473, got a firearm. He should be on trial at some point, and he's not. So we'll talk about laws that we've already got that aren't doing any good, and we'll talk about blue cities and what the left will do to the entire country. It's what they're doing in blue cities. It's Gary on Guns. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Chuck Basie on board, uh, Missouri State Representative. Uh, we've got uh, Garson in from Graf's in Mexico, Missouri, and uh, Dale Roberts, uh, attorney at uh, MoGunLaws.com. The, the Democrats want to do to the country what they have done to blue cities and blue states. Uh, a guy named A.W. Hawkins talking about California. Listen to this. Hey, folks, A.W.R. Hawkins, Breitbart News. I want to talk to you real quick about something that happened this week that absolutely overturns the liberals' claim that more gun control makes us safer. All right? In California, they have nearly every gun control imaginable, definitely every gun control the Democrats are pushing. They have an assault weapons ban, a high-capacity magazine ban, universal background checks, gun registration requirements, a good cause requirement for concealed carry permit issuance, a 10-day waiting period on gun purchases, a ban on campus carry for self-defense, a ban on K-12 through teacher carry for classroom defense. They require a background check for ammo purchases, and even then... That ammo has to be purchased from a state-approved vendor. And I could go on and on and on gun control after gun control in California. As a matter of fact, uh, Mike Bloomberg affiliated Every Town for Gun Safety ranks California number one for gun control. The number one state for gun control. And guess what else? Guess what else? The FBI put out a report that we covered this week at Breitbart that shows California is also the number one state for active shooter incidents. Last year, there were 61 active shooter incidents in the USA. California led the nation with six of those, all right? All I'm saying, you draw your own conclusions. California, number one for gun control, number one for active shooter incidents. Wow. That's what they want to do to the country. Uh, what they've done to California, what they've done to Chicago, what they've done to New York. Uh, it's is it is there a chance that if any of that stuff happens nationwide that we see spikes in all of this? Uh, and I'll start this off with Dale. You know, we have seen that those laws don't work. I mean, that's what he just said, explained, demonstrated. The laws in California aren't stopping the gun crimes. So if they are not working in California, they don't work in Chicago. They don't work in St. Louis. What makes people think they're going to work anywhere else? So, well, they just haven't gone far enough, and that's their excuse every time. We need to go farther. Well, if this didn't work, let's stack one more law on top of the rest we already got, and let's keep taking and taking and taking until we get them all. That's what's going to happen. All right. Speaking of St. Louis, because I'm I'm a bit confused by this. Let me go to Chuck. Do they have a, a different type of gun control law for St. Louis than we have for the rest of the state? No, it's it's they would like to. Kansas City and St. Louis would like to uh, have their own ability to 
pass laws outside of state statute. They've tried that before. The mayors have uh, been very outspoken. Even our own Mayor Therese came down to a meeting with, uh, I think it was Springfield, Kansas City, St. Louis, and, and the Columbia mayor, and they were trying to get uh, the legislature to modify the gun laws to allow them to pass their own uh various uh, forms of gun control the only thing i'm aware of is a few counties in those areas uh ban open carry yeah boy what there was a change in the law was there not that um well about i'm sorry yeah so there's a state statute 21.750 that says a municipality can only ban open carry if they allow it for someone who has a permit Because you could be driving from one community. Say you're you're on your motorcycle driving from a community that allows open carry, uh, and you head into the next town, uh, and you don't stop at each town to read what their laws are. Uh, you're riding through with open carry, and suddenly you get uh, you get stopped and arrested. Right, that's possible. That doesn't seem fair. I thought that that law was changed to correct that. I th I think the change was that uh, they can only ban open carry if they permit it for people with a permit. The, in quotes, logic being that someone who has qualified for a permit would be safe to carry a gun, either open or concealed. Uh, these, these laws are just confusing. Um I and, and we'll go around the table on this. I, I think we've touched on this before, uh, but I am, you know, I'm in favor of everybody making their own choice. But strategically, I think open carry is a bad idea. Uh, Garson, if I need to open carry, I will still open carry. Um, there's instances where concealed carry is not um, possible, especially if I'm out doing work. Uh, you know, out on the farm. Uh, yeah, but strategically, if you have a choice. You're going to a shopping center. You're yeah. going. Oh, if, if I'm out and about, just you know, doing daily life stuff, yeah, I can seal carry. But you know, um, I'm considering a motorcycle trip to Alaska, and um, I plan on wearing the gun on the outside of my clothing, um, so it's more easily accessible. If I am, uh, you know, unable to get away from a bear or other wildlife that I need to fend off. You changed your mind on that motorcycle trip to Hawaii. <laughs> I'd like yeah. to do that. That's pretty cool, too. Oh, yeah, that would be really remarkable. Uh, let's, uh, uh, Chuck, open uh, open carry, strategic, uh, strategically, good idea, bad idea, where do you stand? Uh, I think overall it's, uh, I, I wouldn't encourage people to open carry. It's just an advertisement for somebody to sneak up behind you and do something. So just con con conceal carry is the way to go. Get the training and uh, conceal carry. Dale? I think it's a bad idea. You know, if, if I'm in a, you know, name a business, stop and rob, gas station, whatever, and somebody comes in to commit a crime, they see my firearm because it's openly visible, that might make me their first target, and I don't want to be their first target. So yeah. I don't open carry, and I'm even very careful about printing, you know, what kind of a shirt I wear that my, if I have a concealed weapon, that it, the outline of it is visible through my clothes. Yeah, what do you say so, to people? What do you what do you say to people, Garson, who say, "Well, we should open carry so that people get used to seeing people with guns and realize that we're not all a danger." Yeah, that, that's that's just a dumb argument. 
Um, so I, I listen to what Cooper says on that, you know, always never be in condition white. And if you see a possible threat, be proactive in confronting or addressing that threat period. So the open carry concealed carry thing doesn't matter at that point. If you're paying attention to your surroundings and actively scanning for threats and avoiding or confronting those threats. Yeah, sometimes it's hard to keep your head on a swivel. If you're counting your change well, or whatever. If you're, you're going to put the effort into carry, you need to put the effort into being keeping your head on a swivel. And you mean to tell me there's never a time when you're not moving back and forth, looking back and forth, um, when you're eating your dinner, when you're uh, counting change uh, at the cash register? Yeah. There's never a time. Okay. All right. Listen, we got a lot of ground to cover, including show and tell. I can't wait for show and tell. We'll find out what Garson brought from Graphs coming up on Gary Uncommon.